Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 196. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut, and we are here in a new year with a new episode and a most successful entrepreneur that talks about his entrepreneurial marketing, their approach to customers, their successes and failures. Before we will start the interview, I want to tell you that there are three questions that many entrepreneurs ask me frequently. But the question I've been asked the most is how to get customers. This is the one thing most of the thousands of entrepreneurs I met and worked with in the last 14 years said they struggled with most. So I prepared especially for you a unique free training about seven practical free ways to get customers. Go to getcustomerswebinar.com and grab your spot for the training. It's an amazing free online masterclass. I can guarantee you that. It really gives you the blueprint for getting new customers. Getcustomerswebinar.com I can't wait to hear about your successes in getting new profitable clients. And now, let's meet our guest today, Ari Rastegar. Ari Rastegar, founder and CEO of Rastegar Property Company, has earned a reputation as a thought leader in real estate with his innovative technology-driven investment strategies. He specializes in recession-resilient real assets and multifamily real estate developments, building portfolios designed to reduce risk and maximize capital appreciation potential. Varsiga Property Company has acquired over 20 properties across the Sunbelt over the past year and a half. Ari Varsiga, hi! How lovely to meet you today. It's lovely to meet you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy you are here and I've been waiting for this call. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? That's that's a that's a wonderful question. We have a we have a lot going on. Um originally born in Austin, Texas, where our company is headquartered. Um we're a real estate private equity firm and We've done business in 38 cities, 12 states, um, seven different asset classes, uh, meaning we've uh, we've kind of touched a lot of different things over the years. Um, but right now, we're very, very focused around uh, vintage multifamily, which is basically, you know, older apartment complexes, 30, 40-year-old apartment complexes in very good locations. Um, outside of the urban core or outside of the kind of downtown areas, yeah. um, really in the Sunbelt cities. So to us, that would be, um, you know, kind of the southern United States, Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas, Austin, 
um, areas in Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, reinvigorating these buildings and uh, renovating them, uh, bringing them up to Class A amenity, and uh, being able to uh, uh, bring a superior product to our tenants. And that's um, that's really our main focus at the moment, although we have a lot of other things going on. We're building a thousand homes um, south of Austin. We're building multifamily. We're building industrial uh, near Tesla's new plant. We're, we're pretty busy, but mm, you know, my that's main good. Focus is around is around the multifamily renovation. And who are the customers for the multifamily reservation? Um, it, it's really workforce housing. I mean, it's um, you know, it's people. You know, it's uh, you know, normal people working. You know, working jobs. You know, within within the Austin area, a lot of people that work in technology companies. Um, obviously, because you know, it's a big technology hub. Um, you know, some some of our properties are located near the major universities, so some are students. Um, so it really, it really runs the gambit, and the portfolio is pretty uh, is pretty diverse on the apartment side within Austin in particular. So, um, so the demographic does uh, does range pretty dramatically. And Ari, tell me a bit about your career. How did you start? How did you become an entrepreneur? Um, you know, well, an entrepreneur is um, to me. I think I've heard it as somebody that jumps off the side of a cliff. And, uh, <laughs> way down. So um, I, uh, I always have that itch. You know, my grandfather and my father both um, were uh, Iranian immigrants um, here to America. Um, so I was a kind of first generation born and I uh, had this uh, just always really had a dream to do something special. And I didn't know exactly what that was. Um, I was a literature major in undergrad. And while I was in law school, um, hmm. I had um, I had an inkling around 2005 2006 to start building single family homes, and I partnered with a local developer, um, borrowed uh, three thousand dollars from father of one of my friends from college, used all the mm-hmm. scholarship money, and um, you know just kind of started from there. And um, shortly after the financial crisis happened, and uh, I got kicked in my teeth pretty hard, and. Mm. Um, was very fortunate enough to um, get an introduction to a very, very that was on Wall Street that moved me to New York. Um, and I worked in various, you know, various businesses as an entrepreneur, um, kind of under this kind of umbrella of, you know, very, very wealthy people, mostly in real estate, um, worked directly in real estate for several years and uh, decided to start my own company. And now it's been, it'll be almost six years. Six years for the company, and you are very, very busy. What is the secret? It's really 12 years. I mean, in the sense that I started, you know, my first real estate investment company in law school. Um, but this particular brand, you know, the Rastigar brand, per se, that's institutional, that has public pension funds, insurance companies, um, high net worth investors, you know, this, you know, institutional brand has been, you know, about five or six years, yes. And what is the secret to success? Because you just told us that you are very, very, very busy. So tell me, where is the secret sauce here? uh, I think it's passion. Hmm. I think it's it's having a why. I think it's, um, you know, being drawn to something that that you're meant to do. And, you know, maybe some people think that's cheesy, but everything I do, 
you know, is really for my children, you know, mm. you know, my wife and I have three beautiful children wow. and, you know, I, you know, wanted to make, my- I love you saying that it is for the children because, uh, it's not something I heard often. Yeah. You know, we, my wife works in the company as well. My sister-in-law works in the company as our chief operating officer. It's uh, very much a family business and, uh, it's something that, that means more to me than just money. You know, I'm not a money worshiper per se, but I love to build beautiful things, design beautiful buildings, um, you know, obviously, you know, create great returns for our investors, you know, but also being obsessed with, you know, the consumer, the people that live in these buildings and how can I create a better experience? How can I use technology um, and really creating value And, you know, that's what really drives me, you know, and that's, um, and I'm pulled to it. I'm, I don't push myself towards it. It's something that I wake up every day that you know, I feel lucky that I'm able to do this. Is it hard? Do I get kicked in the teeth? Do problems happen? Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but it's for something bigger than me. And I feel that that's, um, that's why I keep doing it every day. Hmm. What would be? Your best advice to any entrepreneur that listen to us right now, mainly regarding what you talked about, your customer approach, marketing and sales, but mainly regarding customers. Um, well, regarding customers, you a lot of times we confuse our own opinion of something, whether it's a logo, whether it's a product, um, and mistake. our taste or our preference for what our customer wants and sometimes they overlap sometimes they don't um, you know we're very much data driven um, as, as a company you know we follow the math we follow the trends we track data on um, from the light bulbs to the water heaters and um, to make more effective investment decisions and I think it's about coming to the The right answer for the consumer and taking your ego out of it collaborating um, having a great team um, but really understanding what they need truly um, and taking yourself out of the equation and delivering that um, in a win-win environment that they're you know getting some sort of value um, some sort of you know and my hope would be extraordinary value. And then you also as an entrepreneur getting value to create a win-win type scenario. What is your way of uh, understanding your customers? This is the hardest thing, isn't it? Um, Not always they know how to imagine something that they don't yet have. So what is your secret? Oh, I think there's both. I, I don't think anything is, uh, you know, is, is, is a secret in that regard per se. Um, I think that one thing that we do, a tool that we use is surveys, you know, and, you know, you hear common sense, you know, a lot, but common sense, as the old cliche goes, is not so common. <laughs> you know, so, so we do surveys, we ask them, we talk to them. When they apply, we find out where they came from, why they want to live there, what they like about it. Did we answer the maintenance call? Did we, you know, fix the light bulb or the, you know, mm-hmm. the toilet when it broke? Was it fast enough? Um, and continuing to listen to that feedback and um, adjusting accordingly. And sometimes it's things that, We agree with sometimes we don't agree with but if it's but if it's the overwhelming you know um, kind of desire so to speak of what the consumer wants um, 
it's you have to be adaptable and you have to you know make them your priority just like just like you would your children just like you would you know someone you care about they have their own thoughts their own ideas and you know the best that you can do is provide something great and you know guidance and um do what's in their best interest first and make sure that you're also um you know, churning a profit for the company as well, because that allows you to create jobs and create growth and, um, you know, spread the prosperity and continue to contribute. Hmm. I know you've got successes and we just started to talk about it and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Um, well, I have... you know, what I kind of call a haunting, you know, and it's actually, you know, I have, my book is coming out. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll see, but hopefully in May. Um, and the name of the book, um, the title of the book is the gift of failure. And, hmm. and it actually goes into pretty deep detail about this, but, um, I was running an entertainment company in 2011, Um, for some very, very wealthy real estate people that um, I had become close with and you know the, the real estate world had, had a lot of trouble during those years as people know. Um, so it was a, it was a great way to entertain clients and then build possibly build a large global entertainment company. Long story short, you know, we did everything right by our standards, right? We sold the tables, we booked big sponsors. You know, we had Sports Illustrated, we had the Black Eyed Peas and that uh, Puff Daddy and all the big, you know, performers. And then the biggest ice storm, storm in the history of Dallas, Texas hits the Super Bowl two days before and all the flights get canceled. Oh. And so, hmm. and so you have this moment where you're like, oh. Why do you see that as a failure? Um, there are some things that we can't really uh, control um well well for me that's that's part of the premise of the book right and that's you know it was a failure in the sense that you know financially at the time you know with all okay. the chargebacks and returning the money to the customers and things of that nature it wasn't profitable and we lost money as a business and Um, you know, so the failure from a monetary standpoint comes from that vantage point, which I took very hard. Um, but in hindsight, you know, my future wife was at those parties. If, if I hadn't, you know, if one of the parties hadn't failed the way that it did, I wouldn't have been at this other place trying to find another venue to do the parties where I met my wife and I wouldn't have been in, you know, there's all these, you know, serendipitous, you know, coincidences hmm. and, coincidences. and, you know, we call them God nods, you know, a God, nod <laughs> that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, what, what's the old Yiddish saying, um, man plans, God laughs. Ah, yeah, I love this saying. And, I love this saying. And so that was very much, you know, something that to this day, I look back and I said, oh my God, I worked. You know 23 and a half hours a day I slept at my desk I you know um, but there was a different plan that took me on a different trajectory and in hindsight 
um, looking back, connecting the dots, it was a huge blessing and, you know, figuring Hmm. out missteps and what I did wrong and how I could have improved or I could have thought differently about certain things, um, gotten maybe different insurance or, you know, whatever it is, like, um, it, it taught me to look at my failures, um, which are big and small. And um, like the great, you know, author, John Maxwell, that you may know, you know, he talks about <laughs> um, failing forward and, you know, failure. I want the listeners. To I know. love that. I've never heard that before. Failing forward. Just love it. It's beautiful. And it's not. My- it is. Um, it's. Um, you know, it's, it's John Maxwell's, but failing forward, um, became something that I learned in that, that as I fail, or you think a deal is going to close, or you're going to bring in a new investor, or, you know, or you designed a property the way you thought it was going to go. And it goes a different way. Um, you look at it from a different vantage point, you know, maybe there's something bigger there that wasn't the right thing. What can you learn, you know, use introspection, have self-awareness and, and put the responsibility on yourself instead of having a victim mentality. I can very easily say, oh, well, it wasn't my fault. There was an ice storm. Or mm-hmm. I can look at it and I can say, okay, well, there was an ice storm. You know, what can I learn from this? What came out of this? What connections did I make? Um, what celebrities did I meet that later on down the road could, you know, help in some other avenue? Like, what did I do wrong? What, you know, what did I do right? And in documenting that in some fashion, even if it's, you know, mentally, so that you continue to go on this journey so that knowing that failure is part of the process. It's not a bad thing. It's not, it's Hmm. something that must happen in order to succeed, little or big. And the bigger the failure, the bigger chance of success. Love it. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Sure. Um, I'll tell you a couple things. So first, I must tell you that um, one of my mentors, friend, investor, um, very, very close, you know, who has been very successful, you know, ran a major, major hedge fund for years. He said to me something early in my career that stuck with me. He said, if you ever say anything good about yourself, you first must say, If I do say so myself. Hmm. So, okay. So, so to answer that question, I have to say, um, probably our biggest success, if I do say so myself, uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if I so myself was really, you know, two things. One specifically was during COVID when the world really shut down. We became extremely active. I mean, we started oh, buying how come? crazy. And we were able to procure financing that was difficult, that was hard. We partnered with a huge insurance company that I was able to explain to them the opportunity. They got it. Um, we bought several apartment complexes. Um, and in addition to other properties, I think we bought about nine properties within the first three months of COVID, which was basically unheard of. Um, in any 
any, you know, whether United States. Yeah, it sounds so. So how come? Um, Well, I had built a very long term relationship, you know, with this particular firm and we had identified the properties and we had deep relationships and um, the sellers trusted our reputation. And we got very aggressive at a time when um, those properties probably wouldn't have come to us. And they ended up being some pretty magnificent things that over the years are going to um, bear some uh, bear some pretty magnificent fruit. Uh, so hmm. specifically that. Um, but more importantly, I think it was taking myself out of the equation, as I said before, and collaborating with our team, coming up with the right answer instead of my own, what I thought to be right, um, whether I was right or wrong. but. Um, listening to different viewpoints, different um, vantage points from different people that work within the company, um, that work outside the company, consultants, and, you know, weighing all of those things to come to the right answer instead of my own, um, which has really brought us much more success by following the data and by following that collaboration and different, you know, opinions and vantage points. Hmm. It sounds good, but I must ask, you know, what we know is that most people just stopped making investments and didn't buy so many homes once COVID hit it. And you are talking about the opposite. I am. Um, and, you know, Warren Buffett has an interesting quote that I don't necessarily agree with exactly, but I think it will capture the... Um, the essence of this, you know, particular part of the conversation is, you know, he said, when people are greedy, be fearful. When people <laughs> are fearful, be greedy. <laughs> okay. So, I'm happy that you're not fully agree with I'm that. I'm not a greedy man <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, but opportunity historically arises in crisis situations. Like so in 2008 and 1986 and 1999.com and the Great Depression, um, if you look back during these eras, whether it's COVID or whichever, 9-11, when there is a crisis of some sort and people become, you know, fearful, they lose logic in, you know, in a herd mentality to our being a contrarian and really um, understanding the math, understanding the future, being long-term focused. You can really buy things, whether it's real estate or stock or any type of commodity, you know, that you're focused on um, at a huge discount if done properly, you know, because people are, um, people are acting irrationally. Hmm, I love the answer. Um, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helped you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you it's a you know, not as illustrious as an answer as maybe you're looking for, but we use Salesforce and hmm. use Salesforce properly and have clean data. And my chief operating officer talks about data integrity a lot. 
And it's something that we really pride ourselves on at Rastigar is making sure that, you know, the data that we input is good data. When have we communicated? When did we do maintenance calls? When did we call our investors? Have we followed up? You know, our documents saved properly, you know, you, do you have good data? And, you know, that has been a, you know, unbelievable tool to stay organized in all of those modalities. Um, although it's difficult to implement in some regards, it takes a little bit of while, a while to, you know, really understand the full power of what, you know, that technology can It is right. But used properly, it's extremely effective and has been very helpful for us. I love it and I love the expression of clean data, data integrity. I, it's, it's an important expression. And as we say, not all entrepreneurs can or think they can afford Salesforce, but there are other CRM tools out there. There are absolutely like there is um, other CRM platforms. Pipedrive is fantastic. It depends on what you're doing, the size of your organization. Um, but there, there's many other, you know, um, you know, tools that would do the same thing. But the point is really organizing your data, organizing how you communicate with your consumers, whether they be investors, whether they be um, your tenants within the buildings from our vantage point as real estate investors, uh, but, but really, really communicating and communicating consistently, effectively, transparently um, in a very meaningful way I think goes a long way. Hmm. You know, there are many factors that uh, affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really made it for them, really helped them to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Um, I think continuing to learn, you know, always just treating every day as an opportunity to learn, reading voraciously different books, different ideas, listening to podcasts, listening to people like you. Mm -hmm. I mean, just um, constantly learning and, you know, accepting the fact with humility that I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not going to be perfect, um, but I can continuously learn and refine and unlearn bad habits, relearn good habits. Um, and and move forward with better newer information to make better decisions hmm. and my final question before i'll ask you what is the best way to connect with you my final question is my mountain question and as my listeners already know i've been imagining the journey of marketing and later on the journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain step after step after step until you reach the peak. Uh, and if you're determined, you will succeed and you will reach the peak eventually. And then you want to climb a higher peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? I, I think it's a beautiful question. <laughs> Uh, first of all, and I think that if you want the right answer, you need to ask the right question. So I think it's a great question. And yes, um, I have a mountain. I have a very, very, very tall, steep, snowy, slippery, <laughs> sharp, you know, uh, dangerous mountain 
that that I'm climbing and you know whether you call it the hero's journey whether you call it a mountain uh, this journey that we're on as entrepreneurs or as you know we're moving through life or raising children or um, building a marriage you know you're you're going through this process but the part that I think people um, miss and about mountain climbing specifically and also in life is that you have to know when to go down it's not you're not always moving up <laughs> like you have to be able to get to a certain level you have to find a base you have to stay there for a while you have to hit a plateau you need to rest you might have moved a couple steps too quick and you know you reached a some sort of um, area that you can't climb anymore so you need to go down you know 30 feet when you thought you know that you were going to keep going up and then you go sideways and then you know it, it's not a straight line and you plateau at certain levels and you stay there for longer maybe than you think that you should until the air adjusts or the market changes and it's it's not linear and you slip you fall you might sprain your ankle it might take longer um, but no matter what, you keep climbing and you keep moving and sometimes moving in progress um, means being still and being mm -hmm. calm. And that's part of the process. And um, I try to remind myself of, uh, of the advice that I'm giving. It sounds a lot easier for me to say it to other people than take the advice myself. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think that's my answer. I think I love it. It's a beautiful answer. I never thought the mountains we are climbing are so slippy and dangerous. But they are, isn't it? Well, so which mountain you're climbing? If you're climbing Mount, climbing Mount Everest, I assure you it's, it's slippery and it's, uh, it's dangerous. I do agree and I think as entrepreneurs and as a person with an entrepreneurial spirit, I think we are climbing Everest um, almost all our lives. Every yeah. Our whole lives. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think the other part about that mountain that we need to accept as entrepreneurs, if we're going to continue, um, look, if you have an exit plan or if it's an idea that you're a technology company and you're going to IPO and you're going to do something else and move on, that might be different. But if it's something that you're committed to, you know, for your life, um, which I'm very committed to to my career in 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 real estate, apartment development, home development, architecture, and all the various facets, you know, within you know this sphere is something that I really love, amongst other things. Um, it's it's about continuously climbing and not necessarily trying to, um, although being goal oriented is very important. I've always been very goal oriented. Um, it's also important to not be goal oriented, to practice, to just keep moving and going with the process and going, um, going with the flow every day. If it's a, if you're a golfer every day, go hit golf balls. You're not hmm. every day playing in a competition against your arch nemesis. Hmm. Uh, but, it, but every day you need to go out there and hit golf balls. And every day you need to do something that's, um, that's going to move you up the mountain or sideways on the mountain or down the mountain. But uh, to me, uh, you constantly need to know where you're going, but also know that it's a continuous, endless journey, whether that's through knowledge or whether that's through climbing. 
that there truly is no peak. Mm -hmm. Uh, There really is no end for true entrepreneurs in my mind that have that spirit of growth and contribution that they'll find the next thing, right? Right. They'll, you know, they'll find the next venture and the next mountain to climb. Uh, But it's uh, really all the same mountain if you think about it, which is a lifelong journey. Hmm. It's one of the most beautiful answers I got for the mountain question. So thank you for that. And uh, Harry, what would be the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Um, They can very easily go to our website. Um, which is just uh, Rastegar, my last name, R-A-S is in Sam, T-E-G-A-R, property.com. Um, a simple Google search of my name um, will bring up, uh, I think, uh, a pretty significant amount of articles. It's been pretty public what we've done. Um, we've been very fortunate to that the media has taken attention to the things we've done in a very positive light. And uh, if they if they want to find us, it's I think it, it, w- it won't be too, too hard. So I think that's the good news. Are you also in social media? Um, yes, we are. Um, we we have a Facebook fan page um, as well as um, an Instagram and, um, you know, all those different modalities that, that we're on. We're not uh, we're not very heavy into it, per se. Uh, it's, uh, something that is, you know, kind of secondary to our, our business model, although we respect the platforms tremendously. Um, but I can easily, you know, um, provide you that information as well. My personal Instagram is just at Rastigar. Um, my wife's is at Kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E, Kells, K-E-L-K-E-L-S. Um, if you want to learn about us, our business, our family, our kids, and the culture of our firm, I highly recommend you go to her Instagram because <laughs> you'll be able to uh, be able to get a much better, you know, rounder look of um, of who we are as people. And I believe that our businesses are very much an extension of who we are. It's hmm. fantastic, Ari. I would like to really thank you for this fascinating discussion. I really enjoyed that today. So much for having me and I really appreciate that and uh, I look forward to being on the show again someday. You will keep doing the beautiful things that you are doing. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much. You have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.